Welcome to the DCCC Youth Podcast. This podcast is from our new series on 1 John, I Heart, and is entitled, Learning Love, Don't Love the World. Lord, thank you so much for tonight, and we ask that you draw our hearts to you, and that we would learn more about you, learn more about ourselves, and you would teach us how to truly love. And we thank you so much for your love for us, um, that you died on the cross for us so that we could love you and we could love each other. Um, We ask that you would um, disentangle us from the things of the world, that you would uh, give us the strength to follow after you and to love you. So you're going to pray. We are starting a new series called I Heart or I Love or whatever you want to call it. I in love. I in love. It is. It is an I in a heart. I heart. Yeah. I love. I think it's clever. (laughs) It's a heart shaped iPod. If you, if you remember from the email, if you read the email, um, we're yeah, we're going to be studying First John, and we're not going to do the whole book because it's like a little too long for the series I want to do. But we're going to talk about love. we talked a lot, you know, the last thing we did was world religions, and that was pretty deep, and, you know, there's a lot of details and all the facts to talk about. So I want to kind of go now to our hearts. I want to be thinking about how can we love God more, and so when we go through this series, we're going to be talking about what we're talking about tonight, and we're going to be talking about uh, our love for each other, our love for God, and His love for us. So that's where we'll be going in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be in First John as we do that. And we'll be studying passages in First John, but we won't be doing the whole book. Um, so, with that in mind, um, if you have... Well, you don't need Bibles tonight. I'll read the passage to you. We're going to be studying First John 2.15 tonight. It's at the top of your paper. Uh, you see that? Oh, pens, yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. That would be helpful. Um, but I want to tell you, we're starting at First John 2.15. Oh, come on. Let's get that one. It's not worth fighting over. Um, we're going to be, since we're going to be in First John, we're going to be studying First John two fifteen. What should we do before we study First John two fifteen? We're starting in chapter two verse fifteen. So what should we do when we're studying the Bible and we start somewhere like that? Uh, read it. Well, we should read it. So let's read it. Uh, it says, "Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world." The love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So, we started there, we've read that passage, 1 John 2.15. This is, this is a test for you. We have read 1 John 2.15. If we're studying the Bible and we start somewhere like that, what should we do? before we start to study it. Learn about it? How? Pray? <laughs> well, how about, let's say... Um, oh, I have a tic-tac-toe board. <laughs> it's not a tic-tac-toe board. See the little... Think about it this way. Let's say I am writing a letter to you, Matt. Okay. I'm writing a letter to you, and I'm telling you lots of things, 
and you say, well, I want to see what Greg said to me. And so you turn to page two, and you start halfway down the page, and it says, and that is what you should do. The end. Now, what would you do if you if that happened to you? What's the first thing you would do? Go back and Yeah, you would go back and you start at the beginning, right? Because without understanding what everything that happened before in the letter, you really lost. You don't really know what's going on. And the same is true of the Bible. Remember, we've been talking about the New Testament on Sundays, and you know a lot of the things we've been talking about are letters. And I think maybe there's a, there's a lot of reasons. And part of it is we learn little memory verses when we're in Sunday school and we're little and stuff like that. And so we just kind of pull them out of nowhere and we just learn them. We don't really know as well as we should what they mean because we kind of pull them out of the middle of where they go. And so we're not going to read all of First John, but I want to summarize um, what's happened before this so you know what he said. So you're not jumping in in the middle of page two and then saying, oh, I know exactly what this means. Because when you think about it that way, it doesn't make sense to do that. It doesn't make sense to just jump in the middle of chapter 2 and halfway through it in verse 15 and just say, okay, now let's figure out what this means. So what happens um, at the beginning of 1 John, he's writing to these people, and he, he says that um, the things that I'm writing to you, I'm telling you about Jesus, these are things that I saw and I heard. I actually knew him. And I'm writing these things so that you will believe these things. Um, and this is John, like the disciple of Jesus, the same one who wrote the book of Revelation and the book of John. So he's got some, uh, kind of a lot of writings in the Bible. And so we do know kind of a lot about him. So he says, I knew Jesus, I saw him, I heard what he said, um, so I want to tell you these things so you'll believe it. And John says that a lot, even in his gospel. Um, his the book of John about Jesus he says I've written these things so that you believe in him so he's always saying things like that first thing he says after that he says <laughs> starts writing imagine if I say this to you I say um, okay Stephanie I am telling you about this because I saw something and I touched this person and I heard him speak and I want you to believe about him and then the first thing I say after that is if you say you belong to God but you walk in darkness you're a liar and that's what he says. First thing he says after that, he says, if anyone says that they belong to God, but they don't show that, they, don't, they do things of darkness, which, I mean, we can talk about that. They do bad things, um, and they're consistently always doing them, then they're a liar. They don't know God. So does that mean that I'm a liar if, I, if I'm obsessed with blood? Not necessarily. <laughs> yes, Sam, you have a question? It's really hard to identify Christians these days because mostly because kids don't really know how to identify normal people and Christian people. Well, I think it's more than just these days. I think it's a problem that's been going on for a long time. In fact, Jesus even told a parable, um, and I think we talked about it a little bit once, where he said um, that there's a big field of wheat, and someone goes, and in a lot of Bibles it says that someone snuck out at night and they planted weeds. Um, But actually when you read it, it says the word is tares. And the thing about tares is that it's a weed that looks like wheat. And so people are looking out there, yeah, people are looking out there, and the wheat and the weeds look like the same thing. And he says, well, don't worry about it. You just wait until the harvest comes, and then we'll sort them out. And what he was saying is, like, this is like the kingdom of heaven. There are people who are true children of God, and there are people who just look like them. 
don't worry about it. It'll get sorted out in the end when, well, when the judgment happens. I never knew that I actually had a bunch of friends who were Christians until they actually said it. Right. Well, I think there's there's an important thing to realize, and, and we'll definitely realize it while we're looking at the book of First John, is that like there are lots of people who look like Christians but aren't. Like They just are good people, and they don't really trust in God's strength for their salvation. They're just trusting in their own. But what First John tells us is the exact opposite of that. It says that if you are children of God, if you know God, then you will show that. And if you say that you know God and you're not showing it and you're doing those things of darkness, he says, then you're a liar. Okay. So this, this is going to be some serious stuff. Um, he also says right after that, he says, if you claim to be sinless... Um, you also are a liar. Um, God has no place in your life. If you say that you're completely without sin, then you're a liar. So he says two things. Two kinds of people are liars. Number one, people who say they know God, but they do things that are dark, bad things, evil things. Those people are liars. And people who say that they're sinless, that they never do anything wrong. Those people are also liars. So (laughs) that's how he's starting so far. Um, And he's writing... Uh, to these people he says I'm writing to you so that you can avoid living lives of sin so we're talking about he's talking to these middle ground people he says well no one's sinless don't say that you're sinless or you're a liar and don't be completely sinful as a lifestyle don't live a life of sin because if you say you're Christian and you live a life of sin then you're also a liar Uh, I'm writing to this so that you'll not live a life of sin stay away from that um because, well, he says Jesus is our sacrifice when we sin, so it's okay that we sin. We can't, there's not much we can do about it, but let's not live our lives centered around sin. Jesus died for those sins that we, we commit, even though we do love him, we are his children. And then he says, if you love him, you'll obey him. Um, if we say we love him, but we disobey him, then we're liars. It's uh, like, uh, you know, I use Christian for illustrations all the time, that if if Christian loves me, if he really loves me, um, and he, he wants to please me, he'll do what I ask. And if he says, Daddy, I love you, and then he goes and he hits Abby on the face, <laughs> then, he, you know, obviously when you think about it that way, it's, it seems very strange that you would do that. You know, like, if he really loves me, he'll obey me. Um, and that's what John says. If we love God, we'll obey him. That's how we show that we love God. You want to know, well, how do, how do I let people know that I love God? With your words, yeah. But also by obeying Him. By doing the things He wants you to do. Um, and then he says, we must walk as Jesus did, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We've talked about that before. I know they're not popular anymore. There used to be these bracelets that said WWJD. Oh, you know? those. Yeah, what would Jesus do? You know, like when I was in high school those were really huge and it kind of became like more of like a fashion thing like a, the Live Strong bracelets you know like everyone has these silicone bracelet things and lots of people were in those WWJD bracelets and so it became kind of meaningless but it is a great question it's a good way to live your life what would Jesus do? We follow in his footsteps he's our example um, and then he says after he says you must walk as Jesus did he said you must love one another so you love God and you love Him by obeying Him. You love Him by walking like Jesus did, living like Jesus did, and you love Him by loving one another. Just a second. And then He says, love one another, but do not love the world. 
And that brings us to where we are right now. You had a question? So would that mean that you would have to eat a hamburger like God if you had to eat a hamburger? Or if you wanted to eat a hamburger? Did Jesus eat a hamburger? I don't know. Probably not. But I'd have eaten salad. Um, let's, well, let, let's, let's think here, Sam. Um, part of the reason that we're talking about this and part of the reason we're doing this is um, that when we think about things like this, like uh, an example, like <laughs> you could say, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. You could say, I know God will protect me. So if God wants me to die, I'll die. If he wants me to be safe, I'll be safe. So I'm going to jump into this fire right now, this fire pit, for no reason, right? Well, obviously, that's a bad application of what we're talking about, okay? And, and it's kind of the same thing with this. Like, when we're asking, what would Jesus do? You know, I've said before that there's this, this article called, called Drinking Orange Juice to the Glory of God. Oh, you know, yeah, you, yeah, can, you can do that, but let's think big picture. When you're thinking, how do I live like Jesus did? The first thing that comes to your mind is probably not, man, i got to eat this hamburger right. <laughs> well, I mean, well, think about it. i got to eat this hamburger right. But then you look at the rest of your life, and it's a complete mess. You know, like, you, you fight with your parents, you um, look at bad things on the Internet. You know, I don't know what your life is like. But let's not look at the small things, but let's look at the big picture. That's what living like Jesus lived, walking like he walked. That, do I mean, did Jesus walk with a limp, therefore I should walk with a limp? No. You live like Jesus lived, giving glory to God. That's what it's talking about. So anyway, he says, walk like Jesus walked, live like he did. You must love one another. Do not love the world. And then this is where he comes in to where we just read. So let's read it again. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is kind of like the thing he said before where um, people are liars if they say that. Uh, for everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Okay, now, first big question here is what is the world, right? Is it talking about a globe? Is it talking about a globe? No. No. <laughs> when it says the world, it's talking about the way the world works basically. The way, when I think about it in our society today, it's like, um, the way the world works is that people are driven by sex. Uh, It's all over TV. It's all over the internet. It's all over the way people talk. All those things. It's all over the place. And um, people want to be successful. They want to make money. Those are the things of the world. The values that drive the world. But he's, he's saying the things of God are different. And we've talked about that repeatedly. We've talked about a lot of things about that. So I don't think I need to say too much more about that. So anyway, I want to give you, um, read some other translations that um, maybe just give you a different kind of idea. Same verse, but um, especially we're talking about the the three sins uh, in verse 16. In the NIV it says, For everything that is in the world, the desire for fleshly gratification, the desire for possessions, and worldly arrogance is not from the Father, but in the world. And then the New Living Translation, I actually like this one the best, because it gives you, I think, you the best understanding of what we're talking about. Uh, It says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. So, when we're looking at this, 
um, I kind of have this line for you to think about. And I said, um, sometimes the things we love destroy us. And I just want you to think about that. Because we're talking about love, and I'm going to start with with a bad kind of love, I guess. Say, what do we not love? What What are the things we love that need to change? And then we'll move on in the coming weeks to the kinds of loves that we should have and how those work out and God's love for us and stuff. So sometimes the thing we love destroy us. Sometimes we're going to love things that are not good for us. Um, obviously, for teenage girls, <laughs> the, the thing that first thing that comes up is the whole Edward, Bella thing. You know, it's really dangerous that she's in love with a vampire and he could destroy her. And we could go into that for forever because obviously he doesn't, whatever. But anyway... Sometimes the things we love destroy us. Bella could have very easily died. <laughs> and um, maybe or maybe not, the author was trying to tell us something about the things that we love, that they can sometimes be bad for us. They can be dangerous. We're going to talk about this. So we're looking at these three sins. I have a nice little chart for you here. Um, because these are, like, this is talked about a lot. And uh, I found this chart and usually it's called the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is usually what these this three well, sins... Do we have to write down the... You don't have to write down all I that. I mean, like, the, to fill in the blanks? No, 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 the, those are not the blanks. I'll explain what these mean, and those will be the blanks. Um, so this chart, what I saw, it kind of gives examples from the Bible. So it says the lust of the flesh is the desire to fulfill physical pleasures and physical desires. And when Eve was tempted in the garden, this is when the snake, or when she's looking at the fruit, and it says the fruit looked delicious, and it looked like it was going to be good to eat. So this is the lust of the flesh that she felt. She wanted to have that delicious fruit. Now, when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, Satan also tempted him with this temptation here. And he said, Jesus, um, if you're hungry, you should turn these stones into bread. Jesus was hungry. He wanted to fulfill his physical desire to eat food. And then a temptation that we kind of see today is to take what is easier or more, pleasu- uh, or more pleasurable than, rather than God's best. Same thing. And, you know, this lust of the flesh, I think, um, <laughs> obviously the thing we kind of think of is like sex, pornography, that kind of stuff. Um, but the, the blank that you have there is this. I say the world gives us decoys. What I mean by that is this. The world, that thing that we talked about before, the, the, the things that the world as a whole operates on, the things that are not of God, um, gives us things that look good, we think we want them, but they disappoint us. And how many of you have been to the store recently, like Meyer or Kroger or something? Did you see all the Easter stuff out? I saw it today at Meyer. I went there... And I saw all this stuff out there. And I saw, and I know I've told this story before, but I remember one Easter, I get this box with a chocolate bunny in, and it had the freaky blue eyes. Remember I told you about oh, yeah. it? It had the freaky blue eyes. <laughs> like everything else was brown and chocolate, and then it had like bright blue eyes. And um, so I'm like, this is so awesome. It's like this big. And I was really excited. And I go and I bite into it. And it was hollow. And <laughs> I was like, come on. Seriously? This has like one-tenth the amount of chocolate I was expecting. Because it's <laughs> hollow. 
Um, and this is a kind of decoy that I'm talking about. You know, there's also those, uh, like, animal decoys that they used to draw people in or whatever. But I think the chocolate bunny uh, kind of explains what I mean better. Is that it, it's something I want. It's drawing me in with its bright blue eyes looking at me and its chocolatey goodness. And I go to eat it, and the outside is so sweet, but the inside is empty. And this happens all the time, I think. And, you know, like, when we always want to fulfill our desires. And again, the, the obvious thing that comes to mind is sex. Um, and sex is, is good, but um, I know what, the, what TV and what everyone tells you about it. And it basically, as you grow up, and you'll find this more and more as you grow up, everyone makes it to be, like, the end of existence. And if you haven't done this, then you haven't, you haven't really lived. You haven't, you're just stupid. Um, and really, it's dumb. It's one of those things, like, if you get that, and you get it at the expense of what God wants for you, of disobeying God, and not waiting until marriage, there's a reason he says that, because ultimately, it's going to taste sweet for a little while, and then it's not going to be satisfying. Just like all those other things, that the, the things that you want to do, whether it's that you struggle with food or even, you know, the opposite, that you struggle with anorexia, you're going to get skinny, and then you might be happy for a little while, and then you're not going to stay happy. It's not going to be enough. It's a decoy. The world puts it out there, Satan comes to you with it, and you see it, and you want it, and it looks so good, and then you have get it, and it's good for just a little while, and then it's empty. Yeah, Sam. Maybe the chocolate bunny was actually a message to send to you, and then there's like a chocolate bunny somewhere in heaven that's just like that, except that it's not hollow. Maybe, maybe there. Well, that's that's kind of what we're saying. We'll get to this in in weeks to come. That when we talk about real love and what this stuff is, there is a chocolate-filled bunny out there. You know, we there's a reason why we're drawn into those empty chocolate bunnies because we are. Inside, we want something that's real and true. Our hearts want something that is good, and it is filled with chocolate. And so we're drawn into the decoys, and we want those things. So the world gives us decoys. gives us things, and it draws us in because they look nice, and then they're ultimately empty, and they're going to disappoint us. Again, um, in Jesus' temptation, um, basically what he's telling, Satan is tempting Jesus to do is replace doing the will of God and... <laughs> oh, sorry, is to, to fulfill his, his desires. Um, and what you should do is, um, remember how I'm always talking about when, when you think of Christian things or whatever it is, you don't just remove. You don't remove the bad stuff and then stay empty. You have to replace it with something good. Um, you take off the old man and you put on the new man. That's what the Bible says. Um, so, Remove these decoys. Take away that stuff that's not going to satisfy you and replace it with doing the, the will of God and desiring Him. So, in a way, um, joy, the joy of knowing God is, is the chocolate-filled bunny, if you want to think about it that way. Um, and I use this quote all the time, too, and I'm actually using it in my sermon on Sunday. It's such a great quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. So, you say, God, you know, this stuff, I want it so bad. My body wants to have this stuff that I think is good. says, you know what? I mean, based on what God says, we're not 
the problem isn't that we're too, our desires are too strong, they're too weak. They're, they're aimed at the wrong things. It says, It would seem our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition. An infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in Islam because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So C.S. Lewis, he's saying there, there, we can have the chocolate bunny, the one that's filled with chocolate. Um, if we desire God, he, he is offering infinite, eternal joy. And we want to take this stuff, this, this, the empty ones, the dumb stuff, because we're drawn in. Don't be drawn in. Okay? So, next, um, the next one we're looking at is what is called the lust of the eyes. It says the constant craving for more, or craving for everything that we see. The first one is like a physical thing. This is like a visual thing um, to to keep getting stuff. Uh, Again, temptation of Eve, the fruit was a pleasure to look at. It looked good, (laughs) and so she wanted it. And the temptation that was given to Jesus is that Satan takes him up and he says, look at all these kingdoms of the world. I will give you all of them if you bow down and worship me. And um, the temptation we face today is to respond impulsively to just to just you know like people who watch uh, the Home Shopping Network and they see something they're like buy 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 you know like dial and they're just buying stuff all the time. Um, no self control or restraint. We just take whatever we want, basically. Um, and again, this is this is. Jesus has offered all the kingdoms of the world if you'll bow down and worship Satan. So it's something that looks good, but ultimately is going to end badly. Um, so, I say the world gives us lures. First, the world gives us decoys. Things that look good on the outside but are ultimately going to hurt us. Second, the world gives us lures. You know, fishing lures, they look good to fish. They're shiny. Um, and... The first one, uh, drawing, a, I guess, a little bit of difference. The decoys, it's, it's something that we think we want, but it's going to disappoint us. It looks like the thing we want. This one is just shiny. The lure is shiny. It draws fish in, and it, it gets them trapped. Um, I have a little video clip for you about this. It doesn't exactly fit, but I love this. It's not perfect. I'm making an official wilderness explorer's nut trap. And as soon as a snipe steps right in, <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for saving my life, Mr. Fredrickson. And now, what a perfect snipe game. No animal in the entire universe can resist chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so chocolatey. Maybe if I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Awesome. <laughs> that was in the movie. What? That was part of the movie. I don't remember that part. Um, so, yours, especially the last one is what I wanted you to think about. Because he puts it there, and he put it there himself, right? And he looks at it and he goes, It looks so chocolatey. <laughs> Maybe if I'm really fast, right? And so the world gives us lures. 
he puts it there to lure the bird there so he can catch it, right? And so, and it, it works on him too. Chocolate. Everyone loves chocolate, right? So, um, this is this is the hard one because, you know, you guys are teenagers and some of you becoming teenagers. Maybe you don't really feel super strongly the physical stuff yet. But this one is how the world works. This, these lures, this is how the world gets you. Whether it's pornography and addiction or iPods or whatever. You see it, you want it, you get it. Right? <laughs> it lures you in. Uh, and it's not going to be lasting. You're like, ooh, chocolate. <laughs> it's a trap, right? Even if he gets the chocolate, it's, it's not going to taste that good for very long. And it's really just a trap to get you there. It's like what Satan said to Jesus. He said, look at all these kingdoms. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms. Who doesn't want all the kingdoms? But Jesus looks, no, kid. <laughs> he looks and, and says, yeah, you know what? I am going to get that eventually. This is how Jesus kind of um, fights back. Uh, is that Jesus knows when he, he's going to have to sacrifice his life. But in doing so, he will be glorified. He will have every knee bow to him eventually. So he's not going to fall into this lure. He's not going to be lured to worship Satan to get that stuff now. So when you replace this, you replace it with a desire to serve God and receive lasting rewards in eternity. So are iPods nice? Yes, they are. They're, they're good. Are they going to fulfill your life no. No, yeah. <laughs> you all know. <laughs> Did you get it? And you're like, my life is complete. I don't need anything else. And yet, how many of you kind of felt that way? You know? Like, before you got it, you're like, this is going to change my life. Um, and maybe not completely, but it's a lure. You think it's going to satisfy you. But ultimately, you wait. You, you go. You do the long, hard work of loving God and you receive lasting rewards that are our joy, that joy that we talked about. Um, and again, same thing with this visual stuff like pornography. Um, like, you think it's going to make you feel good, and you feel bad afterwards, you know? Like, it's not going to, to make you feel good in a lasting way. It's just a lure. It's a shiny thing to draw you in. So the world gives us decoys, and the world gives us lures. Now we're looking at the pride of life, the desire for power or possessions. And this is in the garden. Eve saw that the fruit was desirable for gaining wisdom, and she wanted to. Eve wanted to be like God. So she's like, "Oh man, it looks like it's going to taste good. It looks good on the outside, and I can have wisdom if I eat it. I'll know, be like God. I'll know good and evil." And this is uh, when when Satan tempts Jesus and says, throw yourself down from the temple and God's angels will rescue you and won't allow you to be hurt. This is kind of what I brought up before. It's like, um, it's like, you know what? God will protect me. So, if he wants me to live, I can jump into this fire and everything's going to be okay. Is that true? Yes. Is that dumb? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Um, and this is basically what Satan's saying to Jesus. He's saying, if you're really the son of God, throw yourself down, jump, jump off the temple, and go, the angels will, will um, protect you. And basically what Satan was doing was twisting what the Bible said. 
He said, this is a promise to you. And people do this all the time. They look at the Bible and they say, oh, look at this promise God gave me. So I can do this and he'll make me rich. Or he'll make me this. Or he'll whatever. Um, and so Jesus says, no, you know, God did say that. But the Bible also says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Don't test him. Uh, and basically it's this, this power thing, you know, like tempting with, to take things and keep the pride of life uh, what, did, what did the other version call it um, says in pride in our achievements and possessions I love that one pride in the things that we've done and the things that we have yeah I have a picture that like is related to this thing okay yeah. um, what's the camera over here uh, that Nelly? has absolutely oh, nothing to do with what we're talking about right now Actually, um, it does because I'm drawing a picture where there's eight-year-old kids. It is. Okay. <laughs> what is um, it? Look at it later, please. Last of all, the world gives us useless. <laughs> the world gives us useless prizes. So we had the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, physical, visual, and the pride of life. The world gives us useless prizes. Now, Rachel and I, we try and do, like, one date a month. Um, and it can be difficult to do that. But a couple of months ago, we're, like, we're sick of doing just the same old, same old. So we went to, like, an arcade, and we played, like, skee-ball and, like, all that stuff. And, and we said when we went in there, um, we're going to spend $20. And that's a lot of tokens, you know. When you're, like, six, that's, like, <laughs> yeah, that's, like, unlimited. But your parents would give you, like, 20 bucks. But... We're like, we're going to spend twenty uh, $20, and so we did, and we played the little thing. We've got to stop the light, and tickets come out and stuff. You know, I did really good. There was one time I won, like, 250 tickets in a thing. Uh, and did it, you ever get a jackpot? Yeah, we got the jackpot on that one, on the stop the light thing. And so we got all these tickets, and seriously, they were still in my pockets. There were so many tickets that I had. And so we spent $20. We spent all that $20. I had all these tickets, and I bring them up to the counter to redeem them. And we got, like, <laughs> a game of Old Maid on these little crappy cardboard cards, this little um, bracelet thing for Abby, and, like, a little jumping frog thing for Christian for 20 bucks. Honestly, if we had gone and bought those things, it would have cost us maybe 250 Maybe. I, I, I can't imagine it would have been more expensive than that and it's always that way like they have an iPod there but you need 45,000 tickets <laughs> by that time you've spent like a thousand dollars there to get 45,000 45,000 tickets it's just ridiculous you're not it's not worth it the world gives us useless prizes it asks us for a lot and gives us back crap basically that's what I'm talking about here where it says you know what achieve be successful be the person that everyone wants you to be and get this stuff Get the, for adults, get this boat, get this thing um, talking about iPods again, you know, get this iPod look at this beautiful woman on the internet do this, do this, do this and it's making all these promises and what it ultimately gives you is a little trashy piece of plastic that's exactly what I'm talking about here and this is what the world does it gives you a decoy, something you think you want it lures you in because it's shiny and then it gives you nothing. Right? Sometimes the things we love destroy us. So, we love these things. John says, don't love the world. 
Why? Because of these three things. They're not going to give you anything. The verse, it says, uh, these things do not come from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So he says, these things, these things that we've been talking about, decoys, lures, useless prizes, that's, that's the stuff the world gives you. Ultimately, it's just trashy little prizes from behind the counter at the arcade. And, um, but those things will pass away. That's what makes part of what makes them trashy. Your iPod's going to die, you know, like, eventually. It's not going to last forever. And even if it does, you're going to die. You're not going to be able to keep it. But the man who does the will of God lasts forever. Don't do the things of the world. Those things following God, those things that Jesus said, don't test God. Submit to his will. Do the things he wants. Love him. Search out joy. Those are what will give, live forever. It's about viewing your life with etern- through eternity. So, Christians, what is he saying ultimately? He's saying, Christians, remove sin. Replace with love. Remove, replace. <coughs> remove. Is that for the you must? Uh, no, actually. I, this is a little extra. Remove sin. Remove the things of the world. If you, if you sin, you live a life of sin, and you say you love God, you're a liar. Replace it with love. That's what you got to do. And we're going to keep moving on and on with love. So I have another thought here. Before, um, think about your, uh, your life before and after like this. Before, you use people. I, someone actually said this. Uh, I remember it stuck with me for a really long time. He said, before as a Christian, I used people and I loved things. Now that I know God, I use things and love people. And this is what the world tells us. It says, love your things and just use people to get respect and get more things and get what you want. But the gospel, God flips everything upside down. He's always doing that. The upside down kingdom says, use things. They are, things are okay. iPods, they're okay. I have an iPod, you have an iPod. We all have iPods here, right? Most of us. Um, (laughs) Anyway, they're, they're not necessarily bad. Use them for good things, but don't love them. They're just things. Love people and use those things to help you love people more, to help you love God more. And this, you know, there's so many applications to this, and we'll be talking about those in the weeks to come. Um, don't, don't test God, trust God. Don't look for the quick thing, but look for obeying God, things that will come to you in eternity. These are the things that are important. Um, so I say, you must choose your master. That's what John is saying here. That's the, you must. You must choose your master. That is what he's saying here. In all of this, if I were to boil it down into one idea, he says, you can't have both. You can't love the world and love God. And I think, hopefully, you've seen that in this, that the world, the things that it's offering in you, the things that you, it's telling you are, are really different than what God's saying. So you have to choose your master. You can't be both. You can't have... Um, I can't have Matt be my master and Stephanie be my master at the same time. Because what if Matt says something and Stephanie says, no, do this. I'm going to be going back and forth and back and forth back and forth. I'm never going to really obey either of you. You've got to choose your master. You've got to go after that. And which one are you going to choose? 
the thing that offers you the chocolate bunny with the stuff inside <laughs> or the empty chocolate bunny the thing that's that's shiny yeah the thing that's shiny and you know the thing that um, you think is going to fulfill you but it's not going to last or eternity and that's really I've, I've said this before you've got to think about it this way look at your life with eternal eyes back it up instead of living in these ten minutes or this hour or this day or this week back it up and say in the span of my life what am I going to make important? What am I going to invest in? When I am 20 years older than now, what do I want my life to look like? Do I want to still be getting the iPod 16th generation? <laughs> well, my one that I have right now is in the trash somewhere. Or do I want to have joy because I've chosen to follow God? I've chosen the things that were good for me, that didn't destroy me. So back it up. Think about it. And how are you going to get there? Because you'll never be what you're not becoming today. You want to be something? You've got to start being that now. You're not just going to wake up someday and be the person you want to be without making choices to get yourself there. Choose your master. And I'm telling you, the choice that makes sense when you look at it is, is to choose to serve God. When you look at what the world really offers and the things it tells you, it just it doesn't make sense it just seems so wasteful um, so that's where we're going to be going in the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about loving each other talk about loving God and talk about God's love for us explore this a lot more so summary we're learning how to love First John don't love the world the first thing he says don't love the world let's start there and once you get past that we'll move on to the other stuff don't love the world because it's not not going to give you what you want. And then we can move on from there. I have one more thing, actually, uh, I remembered I wanted to talk about. And it's kind of nasty, actually, so sorry to end with this. But um, just I had one thought that was kind of popped in my head when we were talking about sin. And there was this time when I was, for my first year in China, I was as sick as I have ever been in my life. I am not joking. And it was one... <laughs> Thank you for that. It was one night I I threw I was like oh I don't feel so good and then I threw up like seven times at like eight o'clock and I was like oh man I gotta go I gotta go to sleep so I wake up at eleven o'clock and I didn't sleep for like the rest of the night I threw up like forty five times that night <laughs> and I I'm not joking threw up like forty five times and I just like slept on the bathroom floor <laughs> when I could it was awful I had to go to the hospital the next day and for like a week I was like awful well. The way that, the, what I want you to think about when you think about the things of the world and sin and all this stuff is that I don't think we have the reaction we should to it because it, it is a decoy, it's a lure. Think about it this way. There was something in my body that my body wanted to violently expel. <laughs> Obviously. 45 times, seriously. My body had something bad in it and it wanted to get it out. Right? And that's what we're talking about get the sin out feel that way about it and you know you can't I don't think we can build it up in ourselves we can ask God and say God give this to me because I don't have the strength teach me how to hate sin in this way I want to get it out but remember what I said before you can't just remove my body when I threw 45 times if I just done nothing I'm like okay I'm going to go to sleep now that I, would, I would have like died you know dehydration I had to the next couple of days once it got out what it needed to get out which took a while 
I had to drink like tons and tons of like juice and stuff and because my body needed that something to fill in what had been taken away so it was like it wanted to expel that so violently and it got all the puke out and whatever was in me eventually got out but then I had to to, to fill up on other stuff stuff that's good for me what if what would have happened do you think if after the second day of puking my guts out all day I had gone and gotten a big two liter of coke and chugged it down <laughs> what do you think would have happened any guesses you die? <laughs> Maybe. I might have died. I might have died if that had happened. Um, it would not have been good. <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about. Choose what you fill up on. Choose what you're replacing with. Choose the right things. Uh, yeah, you can empty out the, the deeds of darkness, the sin, whatever. Fill up on the things of God. Don't just say, okay, I'm not going to do pornography anymore. Instead, I'm going to buy lots of stuff. <laughs> you're just replacing it with something else that's bad so you've got to take away the bad stuff and fill up on the good stuff and when you do that then that's when you don't feel empty anymore that's when you're not left wanting because you're filling up on the things that are good for you and it's building your strength that's what it did for me it built my strength so that after a while I could eat food again real good food like really good food you know, like I couldn't do it right away because I, my, I was still so weak and stuff. I had to start on that stuff. Uh, the Bible calls it spiritual milk. You know, learn the things of the Bible, and then after a while, you can learn more and more and more and and serve God better. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was really important. Maybe a good illustration to help you understand a little better. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today, tonight. Um, we thank you for your sacrifice, for your love. Open our hearts to your love. And God, we, we want to want you. Put that desire in us to, to get rid of sin, to, to love you more, to not love the world. Teach us how to do that. Give us the strength to turn our backs on the world and turn to you. Pray this and we thank you. See you in the